Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Lee Pitts, training students to be salt and light in the media. We often find one of the things that we challenge our students with as, as Christian journalists, they feel like they should only have to cover, you know, rainbows and lollipops, and, and they don't think it's a Christian thing to do to cover brokenness. But the Bible is full of chronicling of, of brokenness, but also showing how how God, you know, worked through that brokenness to achieve, you know, uh, redemption and, and, and renewal. Lee Pitts, next. The World Journalism Institute seeks to train journalists and people aspiring to that career with the tools and biblical worldview needed to do that work to the glory of God. My guest is Lee Pitts, Executive Director of the World Journalism Institute and Professor of Journalism at Dort University in Iowa. Lee, first tell us about your background in journalism, maybe some of the highlights. I began uh, as a journalist uh, in, um, well, actually, you know, going further back than that, I was, I was a middle school teacher, taught four years language arts, social studies in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I just, but I had this uh, gnawingness uh, inside of me to, to tell stories, pursue stories. Uh, and so I pursued a, a degree in journalism, uh, so kind of a career switch there. And and uh, left uh, left the middle school not not because I didn't enjoy teaching the, stu- the students, but I was answering that call to uh, to tell stories, and that landed me in the media. I worked for some uh, secular newspapers for a while, and I spent about seven months in Iraq as an embedded reporter in two thousand four, two thousand five, and with a regimental combat team based out of Tennessee. And then I uh, from there I went uh, to Washington D.C., where I spent a, a decade covering politics. So I like to tell people I've been to two combat zones, Iraq and Washington. <laughs> and uh, I actually uh, I liked Iraq better than Washington, to be honest with you. The uh, something about covering the covering the grunt on the ground soldiers was uh, yeah, it was more appealing than than covering the fancy suited politicians with their entourages and talking points. So I went on over a hundred missions in 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 Iraq and uh, in the northeastern uh, region of the of the country and it was called the Diyala province and Everywhere from you know night raids and snatch and grab missions to humanitarian missions to bring supplies to impoverished villages, and uh, I tried to I tried to give the readers back home a glimpse of what it's like to be deployed, uh, you know, in the desert, thousands of miles away from home, and um, so I, I felt like uh, you know I really I felt I was right there covering the the first rough draft of history, as they say, and and being able to be the eyes and ears of the people back home who are wondering what their what their loved ones were doing uh you know while, while deployed overseas was there any danger for you there in uh, iraq uh yes sir well, i mean there, there were firefights and and i remember one particular a uh, we, we were at a u.s funded hospital opening and uh, there's, there's literally like a red ribbon cutting uh, they had a they literally had a red ribbon around the front of this u.s funded hospital that was being built in this iraqi village and we were all gathered for the kind of vip uh, ceremony and uh, we we're in this little cobblestone courtyard that was surrounded by a, a brick wall and and uh, while we were having the dignitaries give their little speeches, both both the American soldiers and the and the local leaders, the uh, some uh, some gunfire erupted and and machine gun bullets you know skipped off the cobblestone uh, courtyard and everybody kind of scattered and I remember this soldier turning to me and saying, you know, stick with me. And I said, that sounds like a pretty good idea. So I'll, he said, I'll stick with you. And, but he, but he actually ran toward the gunfire. He, he ran outside the courtyard toward the gunfire. And I was pretty amazed. That's what they're trained to do, right. To run toward the noise. And I, I wasn't trained to do that. So I, so I stopped following him and kind of crouched down in a corner of the courtyard where two, 
two uh, sides intersected and and uh, waited the firefight out there while uh, while um, they were things were going on outside the courtyard. I remember the Iraqi dignitaries who were there. They they uh, they cut the red ribbon to the door of the hospital, clapped really fast, and then ran inside. And uh, and I was kind of alone in that courtyard for a while, wondering who was going to be the next person to pop through the door there from the outside. And you know, thankfully, it was an American soldier that came and said that they were looking for me. It's time to get out of here. And I agreed with his assessment. It was time to get out of here. So I followed him and I ran. He told me, don't run a straight line. I did a zigzagging run to the back of a Humvee that was idling, uh, engine idling and waiting for me. And we, we drove off. So that was, that was a firefight that, mm. that I was involved in. There were other ones, but yeah, it was seven months there, lots of missions. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that was, does it, I still draw from those stories when I, teach my journalism classes. Mm. You were the media, and then you dealt with the media as a press secretary for a U.S. senator for a little while? Correct, yes, sir. Yeah, I was a press secretary for a couple of years for a now-retired senator from t- from Tennessee, uh, Republican Lamar Alexander, uh, former University of Tennessee president, former uh, presidential candidate and secretary of education. He wore many hats. And and I, I tell you, I, I spent a, a few years in Washington as a, polit- as a political reporter for newspapers, and then I uh, then Senator Alexander offered me a position as his press secretary, and I did that for a couple of years. But I decided at the end that I like kind of being on the outside looking in rather than the inside looking out. Mm-hmm. Although, to, and that's when I left to go be a magazine reporter for World. But I will say those two years as a press secretary kind of gave me, I think, made me a better journalist because it kind of gave me the insight of what goes on behind the curtain, so to speak. And I knew a lot more of the behind the scenes than I would have ever known if I'd never been, you know, a, a staffer for a while. So I think it made me a, a better reporter, kind of hmm. being on the inside there for a little bit. Well, I, I, I'd like to talk to you more about your uh, journalism career, but I think we better move along to the World Journalism <laughs> Institute, of which sure. you're the executive director, and of course the ties there to World Magazine. But uh, for mm-hmm. starters, Lee, tell us uh, how uh, WJI got started, who started it, and uh, what was the initial vision, mission uh, behind it? Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, WGI will actually celebrate its 25th year in here now. We've been doing this for, for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, it's a the world news group, the world organization got together and wanted to create an organization or, or a part of the organization that would, you know, offer uh, Christians a way to explore their calling and, you know, the, the fast growing field of, of journalism, multimedia journalism. So to, you know, teach them how to be a you know, biblically objective journalist who who informs, educates, and inspires, and and so we, uh, so yeah, tw- you know, uh, twenty five years we've been having students. Um, you know, primarily start off as a college program, and uh, they they began um, attending events in Asheville, North Carolina, where World News Group is headquartered, and and then they moved to to New York City for a little bit. They've held events in New York City and Washington D.C. and Los Angeles, California, and Austin, Texas, and now we do it in Sioux Center, Iowa. So you, as you can tell, our cities are getting bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. But uh, but we uh, we've been at Dort University here, the college program, for the last uh, uh, s- several years now, and that's been a great fit. We, you know, it's a uh, it's it gives it much more of a uh, kind of a retreat feel to the students that we have the dorms here, we have the classroom space, we have the uh, uh, cafeteria, all walkable, and so it's a uh, it just makes it. I, I just see the bond the bonds with the students and the, and the instructors get much tighter because we kind of live in community for the two and a half week program here. So, so we've been doing that and that's originally the college program. And now we've, we've got a mid-career program for people that are, you know, later, later in life in their career and looking at maybe enhancing their writing or storytelling skills. And we've also added numerous other ones such as WJI Europe. We uh, just had our second WJI Europe this past 
August in in um, Brussels, Belgium, and the year before that we did it in Krakow, Poland, and hmm. uh, this past summer we also did WJ Hispanic for the first time. So we had a WJ Hispanic course, and um, we do a professors retreat for journalists and professors from around the country to encourage and lift up one another and challenge one another. And yeah, we, we, we're uh, we're expanding beyond our our initial uh, base of the college program, and and we're doing multiple uh, offerings now for people who want to kind of hone their storytelling. Uh, muscles from a journalistic standpoint. Now, there are obviously many uh, journalism schools across the country. Uh, journalism schools, and s- some of the journalism, of course, is taught under the umbrella of mass media or mass communications or something like that. But you, you teach in uh, journalism at Dort University there. Can you contrast the journalism education that a student gets in college with what's being taught at the World Journalism Institute? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, for the, the college program, it's a two and a half week program. Uh, here in, in Sioux Center, Iowa, at Dort University. And I think one of our dis- distinctives is that we have ins- instructors who are active professional journalists, uh, you know, are you know, currently in the trenches as editors and writers, reporters, and they come and take time out of their busy schedules and, and you know, including taking vacation time or whatever, or continuing to work on the side while they're here for their regular jobs. And they, and they mentor the students as, as the students here do journalism, like, like we, th- we throw them out into the, into the world of Sioux County, Sioux Center, Iowa, and have them cover things like local festivals and local events and, and activities. And it's interesting, this town of about 8,000, roughly, we have about 32 reporters for two and a half weeks kind of scouring the area for stories. And you could argue that we're one of the biggest, uh, you know, places in the nation for, for per capita journalists for those two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 32 journalists running around this town. But but, you know, they go and they find stories and they do written stories and they do podcast radio type stories and video stories. And then they get um, edited, you know, one on one editing, small group editing with these practicing professional journalists who are kind of, you know, you do this for a living. So so I think uh, you, you, the the journalism is a, is a profession best learned by doing. You know, I, I, I think if you're sitting in a classroom talking about journalism, you know, that's that's kind of like, you know, being in a in the in the parking lot of Disney World and not going into the park and riding the rods. Like I think to really do journalism, you really learn journalism, you gotta do it. And so that's one of our distinctives. We throw them out there. We, you know, we're not we kind of have them the entire, you know, the entire two and a half weeks we're there. We don't they don't have to compete with other classes or other schedules like they do at a normal college. We could we do, you know, nine nine AM morning sessions and post lunch afternoon sessions and after dinner evening sessions and and we really they really get to focus on journalism uh, full time. And many of them say they, after the two and a half weeks, that they they learn more in that time frame than they than they did an entire s- semester of journalism, just because it's so so intensive. And I think they obviously appreciate the the mentoring they get from the pressing professionals. Uh, you know, I uh, did a um, an interview with uh, the director of the World Journalism Institute a number of years ago. I think you, before we did this discussion, uh, I think you told me his name was probably Bob Case. And as I recall, he described journalism kind of in an interesting way. Uh, he described it as something like a trade that the, the tools of the journalist are words, some of the basic aspects of storytelling and so on. He said it's kind of a, l- a little bit like a plumber where they have tools and they have a trade and they learn it that, that he feels like it, it could actually be learned in a, in a rather a concentrated way once you have those basic skills mm-hmm. honed. Do you see it like that? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, agree, I, th- I agree with that. I think journalism is not brain surgery, you know, or not, not mechanical engineering. I yeah. think there's, there's, some, there's some basics that you have to uh, be able to grasp. And then once you grasp those basics, the real, the real growth occurs by applying those basics and doing those basics. I mean, 
just in a, not to turn this into a journalism lecture, but I mean, you know, the basis would be having developing a news, a nose for news and a news judgment. What is a good story? What isn't a good story? And then how to what do you do? How do you report and gather information once you land on a good story? How do you interview? How do you observe? How do you find documents? And then lastly, how do you how do you take all the stuff you've gathered and, and, and structure it and craft into a, a good story, whether whether that that uh, delivery system is is print, video or audio? How do you how do you structure a good story? So. So, yeah, we, we hit those things. And then they then once you kind of grasp those, it's it's more about going out and doing it. I would say in my own journalism experience, I mean, I probably learned more in my first three months as a reporter in, in a newsroom in Chattanooga, Tennessee, than I did in my, you know, two years of, of getting a degree in journalism. So so we try to emphasize that we don't want I mean, these these college students are coming from, you know, semesters in college, in classrooms, you know, getting probably a lot of teacher directed lectures and assignments. And we we try to make this whole community our classroom and, and get them out of the classroom and covering things that that happen around here and and you might think that you know not a lot happens in a place like Sioux Center, Iowa. But one of the one of the takeaway lessons, even among the practicing professional journalists who come and teach us, is how many stories there are in a, even anywhere really. You can find stories anywhere. And we've you know this is our seventh or eighth year doing it at, at Dort University in Sioux Center, Iowa, and and thirty roughly thirty journalists a summer come, and we haven't run out of stories yet. And lots of interesting stories. And I think that's a good lesson for the students is that you can find stories um, outside of like the quote unquote media centers of New York city or Washington or LA or whatever. And I think that's an important lesson because you could argue that too many journalists today kind of live in kind of that, that dome of, of DC and New York and, and think that all stories kind of revolve around those areas and, and, and rarely get outside that dome. And so I think uh, a lot of our students coming to the Midwest and finding stories, hopefully they'll stick to them as they go out and, and practice journalism after graduating. Well, my guest today on His People is Lee Pitts. He is executive director of the World Journalism Institute, and he's also a professor of journalism at Dort University in uh, Iowa. And Lee, as as I understand it, from your website, uh, you teach students, whether they're on the college level, college course, whether they're mid-career, whether it's a Europe course, you're teaching them basically journalistic writing, video, and podcasting. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, we ta- we, we kind of teach them to be a one-person band, so to speak. You know, like it used to be maybe in the old days, kind of a more of a silo mentality with journalism. You were either a print journalist or a radio journalist or a TV journalist, and you never really kind of cross mediums. But now, you know, in today's world with the uh, with uh, accessibility technology yeah. and the affordability of equipment and so on, that everybody has to be able to play multiple journalistic instruments, so to speak. So uh, a print writer needs to know how to do a podcast and a and a radio journalist needs how to do a YouTube video and vice versa. YouTube uh, broadcast journalist video wise needs to know how to write a story for the website. So yeah, we, tr- we, we teach them all those different uh, skill dissemination skills and, and each of them have their own different craft and techniques and, and software and editing. But at the same time, they also share a lot in common. I mean, you know, a good story is a good story, whether you deliver it by sound or, or the eyes or, or, or through the, through the written word. So we, we do kind of talk about, you know, what the structure of a good story, the craft of a good story, as well as um, the different mediums. So what is a good story as you see it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to give away too many much of our trade secrets, but I, <laughs> but I would, I, would say, I would say that I think most people know what the answer is to a good story because they know what it's like to re, when they react to listening to or reading or watching a good story. Um, you know, we, we all know the basic elements of what draws us into a story. 
you know, since, since, since Jesus was telling parables and we might not be able to define it, but we sense it when we go to a movie or whatever. Matter of fact, I just showed my kids this past weekend, the movie ET. And mm. even though my six and eight year old, they can't, they, they, they can't write a 500 word essay about what made that a good story. They definitely reacted to that good story. And, and so we, we think that, uh, you know, a good story begins with, with people really, you know, we, we, stories are about people and how people are affected by things that happen in, the, in this world. So, for example, we don't talk about immigration stories. We talk about stories about the immigrant. We don't talk about healthcare stories. We talk about stories about the patient or the or the doctor. We don't talk about education stories. We talk about the student or we talk about the uh, teacher. You know, we don't talk about political stories. We talk about the politician, the lawmaker. And, and that, I think that's one of the first mindsets is, is, is usually a, a good story is about a person in some sort of world, you know, facing some kind of obstacle in the way to achieving some sort of goal. And that's kind of the, the, the elements of, of a good story. And then you, you find a, a face for that, for that story. And that, that face can kind of stand in and symbolize other people who are facing similar obstacles in the, in the way to, to that goal. So we're always telling our students, you know, turn, Turn stat, how do you turn stats into stories? You turn stats into stories by finding the, the, a face or faces that make that, that stat come alive. Now, more than the skills of writing, video, podcasting, and all of that, you uh, teach uh, a biblical worldview, and then how, it, how, as I understand it, how it shapes the way uh, a person reports on the news. In other words, if God is in control, how does that influence the reporting of things like politics, wars, disasters, and those kind of things. Can, can you talk about that, how the how you teach a biblical wor- worldview, and then how that influences uh, the work of the journalist? Yeah, well, well I mean, first of all, off, I mean, we, we talk about the power of stories to, to impact communities, and, and that's that's ground in the Bible, and the use of stories in the Bible, and the use of Jesus talking in parables. Uh, we talk about also, you know, as, as, a, as a Christian worldview, we believe that that all people are created in God's image, and all, all people's stories are, are worthy worthy to be told. Um, we also, you know, take the the Gospel of Luke as an example of a journalist. You know, he says how he carefully investigated everything from the beginning and wrote an orderly account. Mm-hmm. And and so we talk about you know that's a good model. You know that that wasn't that 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 Gospel was a news report, and you know not not a lecture. Or and so we use that as a model, and and that includes you know covering brokenness you know the, the bible doesn't doesn't shy away from covering the brokenness of of the world uh, both in the old and new testament and we often find one of the things that we challenge our students with as as christian journalists they feel like they should only have to cover you know you know rainbows and lollipops and they and and they and they don't they don't think it's a christian thing to do to cover brokenness but the bible is full of chronicling of of brokenness but also showing how how god you know worked through that brokenness to to achieve you know uh, redemption and, and and renewal and so we we talk about that that the, the ultimate story kind of follow that template of the story that creation fall redemption template and and just like in Luke's gospel you know he he called out you know the portrayals of Jesus from Peter or Judas and he didn't airbrush the early early believers and, and chronicle their mistakes we as Christians um, you know should do the same you know and and uh, and and not airbrush things, um, but cover the cover the darkness, and uh, you know also look for stories of, of, of redemption, but even cover covering the darkness before the, redemp- the redemption uh, occurs, largely because we hope that the, that our stories shining a light on that darkness could bring people to that situation to maybe help 
um, you know, God could use those tools to help bring about that redemption. So we feel like, you know, covering broken brokenness is, um, you know, a way to to turn heads, to help people to notice what's going on in the community around them, to make the community better. We feel like as, as Christian journalists, we are community builders, not community destroyers. And that includes, um, you know, covering, you know, the, the mm-hmm. fall of things and hope that people in that community will come together and, and, and be used to create, you know, to lead to the redemption of that fall. As you train, uh, whether they're uh, college students or mid-career people, in covering the news like that from a biblical uh, worldview perspective, does that same perspective apply equally well, whether it's a Christian media like World Magazine or whether it's a something, if you will, secular? Well, I mean, I think that, I mean, we we have WJ grads who work for World News Group, of course. We also have WJ grads who work for the Washington Post and the, the New York Times, the Des Moines Register with the Wall Street Journal. We have, so yeah, we have people that are in secular and, and Christian publications. I would say, you know, for the, for the students, our WGI graduates who work in the, in the, in the secular world, you know, when I've talked to them, this, and this might even be something they could go into more depth when, cause they're more in the frontline trenches than I am. But when I, when I talk to them, they talk about how one of their biggest uh, strengths they can bring as a as a Christian to, uh, to their secular newsrooms is just some of the stories they pick and some of the things that they focus on to cover and and just having a you know looking at things with with a with a you know a Christian heart Christian eyes they they come up with story ideas that maybe others would would ignore or not highlight and they they feel like that's their their biggest their biggest power and strength in these mm. in these secular newsrooms. And, and that's a good one. I mean, the story, the stories that you pick are important because with, if you don't pick them, they don't get told. So I think that's, that's valuable. Um, you know, I haven't heard, I haven't come across any WJ grads in secular publications who've been muzzled or told that they, hmm. they you know, can't cover this or that or whatever because of their faith. Or I feel like, um, you know, that they, they are allowed to, you know, follow their, their heart and follow their curiosity as they, as they uh, cover things in their region. So I feel like it's, you know, and a story as a, a story is a story. Whether you work for the Washington Post or, or World Magazine, a good story is, is is a good story. Well, whether it's the college course, which aims, of course, at college students, or the mid career course, which aims at people that have uh, been out in the work world for for a while, what, what can you tell us? I realize it's kind of a broad question to to hit both of them, but curriculum, instructors. We start off with we kind of throw them in the, we throw them in the deep end of the pool at the beginning of the at the uh, of the of their two weeks here talking about the college program. Uh, we take them out to cover something that very first day. It's like it's kind of like throwing them into the pool, mm-hmm. and uh, and then watch, and then we kind of stand by the edge of the pool and watch them try to learn how to swim, and then and then we don't let them drown or anything, obviously, as they go out and cover something that very first day. Um, but we're just we're we're right, right there watching them kind of kind of you know flail their arms and legs in the in the in the deep waters of reporting, and then we pull them out of that and we kind of dry them off, and I, we feel like their attention the rest of the. Uh, the, the two and a half weeks is stronger because they know, know what it's like to be in the pool and not know how to swim. <laughs> so then we teach them how to swim and then, and then we throw them back, put them, keep throwing them back in the pool and they get better with their strokes and so on. That's, that's kind of a big macro uh, example of our philosophy, but we cover things like um, there's a tulip festival here in Orange City that has thousands of people and they go and they go and cover that. They do a, uh, a little, a four minute radio pocket, uh, pocket-sized profile, we call it, a, a four-minute profile of somebody in the in the community. Um, they do a, uh, we, we, we fly in lawyers from from uh, from Washington that, that, that argue cases before the Supreme Court, and they, we do a mock press conference here, pretending like the steps of Dorter are the steps of the Supreme Court, and they do a, 
a video story interviewing lawyers coming out of a of a of a court ruling uh, to get that experience. Um, we we put them we put them in the in pods and have them uh, work on a, on magazine stories for for World Magazine or or radio stories for the World and Everything in It World podcast or video stories for World Watch World's video program. So uh, if week week one is 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 kind of instruction heavy with with covering real things and then week two we rerun it like a newsroom and they go out and cover stuff and they and their their teachers become their editors and they come back in the newsroom and go over the story and process it and and file it and edit it and so on so so week one is 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 instruction heavy week two is lab heavy i guess you could say journalism lab heavy and the, and as far as instructors go it's kind of a rotating cast of characters depending on who's available each summer we have you know several veterans from like the world and everything in it world news group who who um who help out we also have uh, we've had um people with experience at, at uh, national cable news uh shows we've uh, an editor from the indianapolis star comes comes quite frequently uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a good mix we do have a core of world journalists uh like like nick eicher who hosts the world and everything in it is uh, is a veteran w john instructor and i think i think the uh instructors enjoy just as so much of the students i think it's it's inspiring to them to see young folks you know, following the same passion they they had and the same and, and wanting to pursue the same vocation they have, and it's it's neat to see those bonds um, form and mm-hmm. not just in the classroom and not just in the newsroom, but like you know in the cafeteria or when we go and go you know get ice cream somewhere or we go to watch a movie or something do something together. It's just neat to see that the bond between the journal the journalists and the uh, students here, and and I would say you know I would say you know building on that is that one of the most encouraging things is to see the students themselves bond with each other. You know, you have these, you know, 28 to 32 students from all over the country. Last year, we had 17 states represented and they, they're strangers to one another, except they share two things in common, two bonds in common, a, a love for the Lord and also a love of stories and love of storytelling. And so um, to watch th- those commonalities often lead to, to strong bonds and to see them go from strangers to friends over those two and a half weeks and, and grow with one another as they, as they, as they learn, you know, we push them hard and work them hard and we wear them out. And, and, and in some ways that, that mutual, you know, exertion and exhaustion of running, running a journalistic marathon together, bonds them together. And, and they, they form these bonds and friendships that last for, for a long time. I'm still on text threads of uh, the, the WJ 2020 class or WJ, you know, classes from previous years who still stay in touch with one another. And, I think the value of that is that they get to journey alongside one another in their vocational calling, uh, and that benefit might extend for years beyond WJI as they as they as they keep in touch with one another as they go through their careers and they can have be with each other to lift each other up or challenge each other and encourage one another and pray for one another as they as they enter this this uh, vocational field of journalism. Well, Lee, if people would like more information about the World Journalism Institute, where would you direct them? Yeah, I mean, wji.world is our is our main website. That's wji.world, W-O-R-L-D. You can also go to the the main um, World he- uh, website uh, where, where you can get the World Magazine and the World and Everything in It podcast. And that that is also a source. There's links on the, the main World website, which is wng.org, wng.org, which is World News Group. Dot org and, and they can um, check out more about WGI. We've got again many offerings and programs beyond just the college one. We we did a high, we started a high school one last year. I, I should mention that one as well. For here at Dort University, we had about uh, sixteen or so college students 
come last year for our first ever high school journalism program. And that's that we'll be running that again this this spring. So we, we kind of get your entire lifestyle there. We haven't done a WGI infant yet, but maybe we'll do that <laughs> one. Day. We get you, you can, you can inter, inter, interact with WGI from, uh, from high school to college to, we have a young professionals. If you're from Europe, if, if you're, um, uh, you know, f- from a Hispanic country, if you, if you are a mid-career, somebody in your 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond, who's thinking about doing uh, storytelling and, and, and dabbling in the media, we uh, we have that program as well too. So we so we have a lot of offerings that uh, that people can check out. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest Lee Pitts, executive director of the World Journalism Institute and professor of journalism at Dort University. For more information, go to wji.world. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Jack Carson on how doubt and questioning can lead to a deeper faith. One of the things disillusionment does is it makes us re-examine our faith commitments. And the one thing we can say about Jesus Christ, if I think about the story of Doubting Thomas, is that any time we examine Jesus Christ, he proves to be true. Our sin gets in the way and it gets messy. And one of the things we're hoping to help people do is examine Jesus Christ in a way that actually helps them see him. That's tomorrow at this same time, right here on His People. Thanks for listening.